Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the latest edition of the Woke Bros. Of course, I'm your co-host, Big Waz, a.k.a. Wazzy Lambray, joined as always by my brother, my partner for real, Nando Vila on the west side. What's good, brother? Pretty good, man. It was good to see you the other day. We had celebrated my birthday, yes, you know. Like, happy birthday. I didn't catch you happy birthday on Monday, but... It's all right. Happy birthday now <laughs> that yeah. it's Wednesday. I want we were, I wanted to save it for the show anyway. It's more we, important. There you go. We did have some celebratory drinks. We had fried chicken ice cream. Uh, as always, Mish had the best organic wine in Los Angeles on tap. It was just great. Um, shouts to everybody yeah. that pulled up. Uh, it was a true meeting of the minds, a power dinner if you will Nando. <laughs> yeah. and so on today's show there's a lot going on in the culture about vax mandates and all of this shit it's it's gotten to be a bit humorous to me um how harebrained the whole thing has become and we want to get into some of that uh the john gruden situation i think speaks to our current moment in the culture when it comes to workplace standards and what becomes a fireable offense and X, Y, and Z. And I think there's a lot to, uh, you know, sort of mull over there. But first, man, we got to talk about Dave Chappelle. I don't know if you got to watch the special, Nando. I actually have not watched it yet. Um, I, I got a chance to watch it. Um, you know, Basically, every single Netflix special that Dave has done, um, he's got a new one called The Closer out on Netflix. You got, I think everybody should go check it out. It's got moments of just some of the sharpest humor um, that exists, right? Like this guy's ability to write a punchline is crazy. Space Juice is going to kill you guys when you get to that, um, that joint. Um, it's Dave. He's a master of his craft as he's so, you know... Um, Put it um, in the night. Likes to remind us. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. Like he likes to remind us exactly. Um, but you know, again, uh, a lot of people from the trans community and LGBTQ adjacent communities, you know, they felt a way about the special Netflix's workers. We're talking about, oh, it's bullshit that we're empowering this guy and all of this. And look, here's what I'll say. Um, I don't think you can make a credible argument that Dave Chappelle is putting people's lives or well-being in danger by his comedy specials. And if that's the fucking standard, you can either take it or you can leave it. Um, I don't, I just don't, I, and whatever, I'm a cisgendered nigger, so who knows, right? Like, maybe nobody gives a fuck about what I have to say about this, but like, I, I just don't get it like you don't have to like his shit 
Um, you can think peace into death. You can say that you expect more from Dave. That's great, but you don't have to like it. This shit ex exists on a streaming service for people who feel like laughing to watch. Like, nobody can credibly make the argument that Dave Chappelle put people's lives in danger, right? Like, this isn't like Donald Trump telling people to storm the Capitol with, like, cops and shit and civilians got shot and killed. Like, this is a dude telling off-color jokes about trans people's genitals. I mean, yes, it's whack. You know, sure, some people's feelings and their feathers might get ruffled, but I think that's kind of the point um, that Chappelle is trying to make. Like, yo, you guys aren't above being joked on. Um, and, you know, and he's doing it from a in, in the way that I think is clever in the sense that He's doing it as a black person. He's like, well, because I'm black, I can make this argument, you know, uh, because of the oppression and X, Y, and Z. But, you know, I think the argument he's making is that it's a ridiculous argument, and I tend to agree with him. Yeah, I mean, again, I'll caveat, caveat by saying that I, I have not watched the special, but, I, you know, I think that... Um, you know, Ben Burgess, friend of the show, uh, has written a book called Canceling Comedians While the World Burns. Um, for some reason or another, comedy and comedians have become a huge flashpoint in the culture war. Um, and people have turned toward policing uh, comedians uh, in a way that was just not 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 done up until very recently. Um, as again, and I think we've talked about this a lot as a substitute for politics in an era where mass politics are essentially stamped out. You know, people do feel powerless um, and they're correct to feel that way. They are powerless. Uh, you know, our our system has become less democratic than it was. Um, it was never great. It was never perfect, but it's become less so um, than it used to be in the most important arena of all, which is economics. You know, the, the great economic questions of our time have been settled. You know, political decisions around the economy um, have been largely outsourced to the Fed. Um, you know, so it's it's even to the extent that we could even get Congress to do something, they don't even they don't even touch it. Like the the big issues of our time, war and peace, and uh, and the economy are kind of outside of democratic control, which means we argue about other stuff. Um, and and for whatever reason, uh, comedy has become the substitute for that, <laughs> and policing comedians. Um, it's a kind of flip side to, uh, you know, I think when, when John Stewart did his daily show and people were talking about it as like the greatest news program in America, like that John Stewart was the most important voice. Mm. He's the kind of comedian that turned comedy into like, I mean, they always did satire and political commentary and all that stuff, but like, you know, the success of the daily show, which was like a huge, mm -hmm. massive success, one bazillions of Emmys was like a huge cultural touch point. And like there were how many covers did you see of Jon Stewart being like, this is the most important political news voice in America, you know, most influential, whatever, blah, blah, blah. The flip side was that is that then people kind of assumed that all comedians were uh, <laughs> doing important news political stuff, whether you agree with the Jon Stewart thing or not. Um, and so policing comedy became a substitute for the real politics of questions of you know, uh, who gets what in society, war and peace, climate change, whatever. I mean, that's that's the reference of Ben Burgess' book, Canceling Comedians While the World, Bur World Burns. Canceling a comedian uh, over some bad joke that 
uh, he or she may do uh, achieves basically nothing for the political goals that you that that are stated. Um, you know, uh, getting Chappelle, you know, banned from any, ever doing a Netflix special again or whatever will not materially benefit the lives of trans people in any way, shape or form. I promise you that, um, which is not to say I'm not trying to say that, like, if you're trans, you should not be offended or, or that or you should like, like the, it. the comedy. Right. But you should like it. You know, like I, I, I believe that it that the, the jokes might 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 not be for you or or, or offensive, but it's it's not a politics is, is all I'll say. Exactly. You know, that it's, that, um, <laughs> And 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 that it's that, like that, what's the so, idea yeah. I, ideology of anti Chappelle stand up comedy? What is that you shouldn't make jokes about trans people's genitals? Yeah, I mean, I, I guess yeah, <laughs> I, yeah, yeah, okay. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> yeah, um, and then, yeah. Well, I mean, that's the question that I think Nando and I are essentially always trying to get at when it comes to these culture war topics or these issues that come up of representation because you saw you know deadline had the story about netflix workers sort of leaking Chappelle information and saying well why don't we use our platform for trans comedians I'm like okay and then what yeah and then what <laughs> it's, it's a very limited it's a very limited political vision i mean um you know again i think that and I, again, I haven't watched the special. Like, uh, if Chappelle advocated for you know fewer rights um, or anything for trans people, no. then it becomes a more political thing. Um, you know, I think that as, as as long as you you support kind of basic civil rights for all people, um, regardless of gender, race, creed, you know, all that stuff. Um, joking about it or not, it, it may it may make you know, it may not be polite or it may not be uh, something that you, I would advocate that you should do at a dinner table or something that I would advocate that you should do if you ever met a trans person or, or even do it at work. Like it's not, not good yeah, form or etiquette. Um, a stand-up comedy special is not like the political arena um, that we've made it out to be. Um, it's just, exactly. it's just not. Um, and, but it's, but it weirdly has become one. Um, it, more so than other arenas. Like, I mean, a, a lot of arenas in, in, in our life have become political arenas, whether it's sports, um, you know, people complain about that all the time. Um, weirdly music, not so much, you know, like, you know what I mean? Like music has not become as political as other arenas of life. Like, uh, all, you know, with one exception being, I guess, Kanye West, <laughs> uh, yeah, but that's people like don't like clown him. politics. Totally. Like, but I'm at, like, when I was reading the reviews of Donda, which, you know, I'm not, and I'm not a hip hop expert. Like I can't, I can't appreciate hip hop on a, I can't make like pass a judgment other than whether like I kind of enjoy listening to it or not. Mm -hmm. Um, like as a higher, I can't, I can't, I've, you and I have talked about this in private a lot, but uh, whenever I read a review, like a negative review of Donda, like I was convinced that they weren't actually reviewing the no. content of whether the, uh, whether the music was good or not. It was just, be, it was tinged through the eyes of Kanye as a culture war figure. And Kanye has crossed over to the other side of the yeah. dominant hegemonic culture, which is a liberal culture. Um, yes. <laughs> you know, it, I think it's pointless to deny uh, the reality that in the 90s or in the uh, 80s, especially, uh, the liberal culture was not the dominant culture, that there was, you know, a, a war, um, you know, where like conservatives had much more power within the cultural. The moral uh, majority. 
The moral majority with, within the cultural industries, uh, conservatives had a lot more power than they do not. That liberal ideology, in all ways, in like both in social liberalism, you know, um, but also kind of just you know, weak tea liberal economic visions, um, have become the dominant cultural uh, uh, output of our of our time, and that the gatekeepers of culture all have basically identical views, um, and uh, and and so they've kind of won that culture war. Um, so when when someone crosses over or when pushes against that. Um, the the actual artistic merit of that person is thrown out the window for the for the for the for its cultural impact. So a good example is like we we were looking at uh, you know the Rotten Tomatoes reviews of both the Chappelle special, but also like the Fauci documentary. And the Chappelle special has thirty three percent on Rotten Tomatoes from the critics, and like ninety nine percent or ninety seven percent from. It. From the audience reviews, yeah, and then the Fauci dot. There's a Fauci documentary out, like by Disney and, and National Geographic. Uh, it has like a ninety percent uh, uh, from the critics and four percent from the audience. <laughs> you know, um, again, uh, the, the gatekeepers of culture have you know decided that you know liberalism, whatever, you, however you want to define it. You know, we all kind of know it when we see it. Um, is the dominant mode and is the way is the lens through which to judge culture um and it's not exactly in line with the vast majority of people in the actual real world so there's a lot to say too um behind that look full disclosure we're the people who do a show called woke bros ironically we think it's dumb we think it's stupid. We don't fuck with woke culture. So that's a full disclosure right now. Anybody who's listening to this, if you came with your, you know, yo, we need to be very sensitive. It's not going to happen here. We just don't believe in that shit. Um, so that's a one. A couple of things that I will say about Dave and the special, because I think it's important to actually have some sort of, you know, an artistic critique for the piece of work that he did. One, it's funny that you would mention Jon Stewart because I think Jon Stewart would say it's ridiculous that a comedian is doing this work. But I think that, but at the end of the day, like you chose that job. Um, I think Dave has chosen to make himself a cultural critic. He's yeah. chosen to make himself somebody who has views on society that should be taken seriously. Like Bill Burr doesn't get this backlash. It doesn't matter yeah. what he has to say about society because he he's kind of posited that like I don't give a fuck about any of this shit for real, right? Um, and so that's a one we got to say that about Dave. So I think it would be like a little bit disingenuous to pretend that Dave is just doing jokes because he's not, and I don't think he wants people to think that he's just doing jokes. So we're gonna take mm -hmm. Dave. We're gonna meet Dave where he lives. Two, I think the special on his own was trying some interesting stuff, right? Like the idea that you're taking Jews to task, that you're taking white gays to task, that, you know, the group of people that's, yo, that I thought was fascinating about the special, the group of people that get it, I think the worst, that are the biggest butt of the jokes are poor whites who nobody defends. There's nobody defending poor hayseed, trailer trash, you know, toothless, tobacco-chewing whites. Like, there is no space to defend them in culture. 
And Dave is just mercilessly killing them in this special. And nobody's going to take them to task for that. This is a marginalized group of people. They are poor as fuck. Nobody's going to take him to task for that, right? And I think that's kind of the point of what he was doing um, when he was pissing off the trans people. Now, I do think, you know, there's some blind spots to what he was doing. I don't think he tied the knot, so to speak, on what he attempted to do. Um, I understood mm -hmm. what he was attempting to do, but I don't think he fully rounds it, right? He doesn't square the circle, if you will. Um and that's fine. You know, I think another critique that's out there is like, you know, him positing his blackness versus trans people and gay people getting motherfuckers fired and shit. Um, people have said, well, Dave removes, he basically does an erasure of black gays, which to which I would say this. Black gay people are not getting the baby's um, festival tour dates canceled. You don't have that power. Sorry. You don't wield that type of influence. It's not y'all that's doing it, right? So I understand what people are saying, but like the bottom line is it's influential, very rich, very powerful white gays who are doing it. And I think that's yeah. what Dave was trying to get at in the special. It's like, it's just white people problems. It's white people pretending that this shit really matters. There's white people who pretend that Dave Chappelle can ruin the lives of every trans person who ever existed because it's a bunch of white people who live cushy-ass, protected-ass lives. That they would make a movement, that they would cancel people, that they would drag people for jokes set at a comedy special. I, that was my read on what he was trying to do. Now, did he execute it? I think he might have fell a little bit short, but I mean, shit, man, I love the special. I, I was in my crib fucking dying laughing this morning watching that shit in preparation for today. So, you know, I, th I think the fucking uh, the, the takeaway here is like, who gives a shit, bro? Yeah. Like, now look, people can reach out to me and tell me why this is dangerous because I see that shit get thrown around all the time. This is inflammatory. This is dangerous. Please demonstrate to me how this is empirically dangerous what Dave Chappelle is doing for the existence of trans people. I would love to learn that to be the case and not just offensive. Run of the yeah. mill, you know, um, John Gruden calling D. Morris Smith big lips. I don't, I don't <laughs> see how this is any different than that. Yeah. So what I was saying before about the, uh, you know, liberal culture being uh, uh, ascendant in, you know, in, uh, the ideology around, you know, kind of liberalism, especially social liberalism is dominant in the gatekeepers of our culture. Um, within comedy, um, there has emerged in recent years a sort of backlash to that mm -hmm. liberal hegemonic culture. Um, you know, it seems to me like the the, the best you know, the easiest path for a comedian to achieve kind of some, a, a little modicum of success these days is to push against that. They will immediately get invited on Joe Rogan's podcast um, and, <laughs> and, and and get a huge uh, audience. audience you know? yeah. But there is a, 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 a kind of brewing, uh, you know, popular backlash to this kind of thing. Um, again, I, this is not to say that um, that kind of comedy is like good or anything like that, but it's a reality that exists. But I will say this, that, um, there used to be uh, in um, in artistic circles a kind of understanding that art had to be defended, like trans, especially transgressive art, 
had to be defended, you know, whether it kind of landed or not in its transgression, that if you kind of, if you kind of hit a, an artist for trying to be transgressive and not necessarily getting there or landing the, you know, the, the triple somersault or whatever, um, that that would create a such an environment for art that um, would stamp down on the uh, desire to push the envelope or, uh, you know, uh, to try new things that the whole idea of art is to, is to um, reflect the reality, but also push the boundaries of what we find, you know, comfortable or polite or whatever. Um, and that you could defend that without necessarily liking it or, or, you know, or agreeing with it or whatever. And that has kind of gone away and it's a shame. And I think it creates a kind of a more anodyne artistic, uh, um, landscape in which everything, everyone just kind of plays it safe. Everyone kind of plays it, um, to, uh, to a certain, uh, to, to adhere to certain standards. Um, it's again, it's a version of what existed in the 1950s in the wake of the Red Scare, um, of like these kind of staid, you know, conservative, like, uh, you know, grassy lawn with the little tire swing, you know, every show was kind of the same, you yeah. know, the bad guy always got his comeuppance, the good guy always won, um, you know, the girls were mm -hmm. always, always behaved, uh, in a, you know, they were always, you know, they never like had and, premarital sex that, or anything that, like that. That's, I'm glad you explained that, Nando, because I think that's what, like, we have to spell that out for people. When we say that, like, the liberals won the culture war, like, there was a time where just implying that a black dude was dating a white woman on TV or in a movie, much less they kissed or fucked. That was like, whoa, that was pushing the envelope. That was beyond the pale. That was like, oh, that was offensive in the culture, right? And the liberals have won in culture. Like culture is now at a place where gayness, interracial, blah, 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 all of this shit is the norm. Yeah. Um, It's the normalization of it. And now the liberals, that's the crazy shit about all of this shit is like the liberals used to love, they used to revel in the idea of offending the status quo. And now that the liberals in culture are the status quo, the concept that they would ever be offended, they just go nuts. And yeah. then they try to, and they get hyperbolic and say what Dave Chappelle's doing is dangerous. It's literally the same language, bro. It's yeah. exactly the same language that the conservatives would use to be like, all right, my daughter's going to go fuck three niggers now because yeah, of the yeah. movie. It's like, yeah. bro, like this is kind of not how this shit works, you know? Yeah. Um, and it's just fascinating to watch it play out um, in real time. Yeah, yeah. It's, again, the, the arguments that like, uh, I don't know, showing gay people uh, on TV was going to turn your kid gay were ridiculous. Um, uh, you know what I mean? When when Pat Robertson and whatever uh, was, said it, it right. uh, you know, and and there there is a tendency amongst liberals to do the 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 flip side of that argument. And again, I think that we should just resist it. Which doesn't mean that again doesn't mean that you have to watch the Chappelle special it doesn't mean you have to like sit there with like the the no. clockwork orange ludovico technique with your eyes open uh forcing it down your throat um there one must one must uh, uh recognize the reality that Chappelle uh, is incredibly popular uh, you, know, like, <laughs> you know and that and that pushing the um you know pushing pushing against that does have popular purchase um that's just a reality. I mean, I think that the numbers kind of bear that out. Um, so, 
yeah um anyway go watch the special the closer i laughed out loud several fucking times please go check it out hey it's kaylee cuoco for priceline ready to go to your happy place for a happy price well why didn't you say so just download the priceline app right now and save up to 60 percent on hotels so whether it's cousin kevin's kazoo concert in kansas city go kevin or becky's bachelorette bash in bermuda you never have to miss a trip ever again so download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. The world is racing to get back to normal and start meeting up in person again. But after the year we've all had, getting back to feeling normal takes time. I don't know about you guys. I've been feeling overwhelmed, flustered, just avalanche stuck under this avalanche of things i have to do and people i have to see and people i got to talk to zoom meetings and emails hell even this ad that i'm recording right now i forgot that i had to do it i'm doing it from a computer that's not even mine it's really tough to do all of this when you feel like you're trying to handle it all by yourself do you feel like that if you're feeling overwhelmed by it all guess what you're not alone it's important to find the support you need to face those feelings and move forward We all talk to our friends when we're experiencing issues, but they don't always give us the advice we need. I mean, think about it. They can't really give us unbiased feedback because they're involved in many of our interactions and how we are. What you really need is advice from a licensed professional. It can be refreshing and rewarding. When you're a low point, when you're in a low point, you might feel alone. But over 50% of Americans struggle with their mental health. We all need help sometimes, and asking for support when you need it is actually a sign of strength. Here's the idea. Use Talkspace. It's great. It's easy to use. It matches you with a licensed therapist and schedule live video sessions, all from the comfort of your device. You can start messaging your therapist the same day you sign up. The app makes it easy to connect with the therapist that is licensed and on your schedule without having to wait weeks before your next appointment. You can go anywhere and take your therapist with you. Whether you're a parent, student, millennial, or just someone having a hard day, Talkspace can provide the support to help you feel better with a single message. Talkspace offers individual and couples therapy in addition to medication prescription services. Set goals with your therapist, and they can help make sure you're really progressing. Talkspace therapists help you develop the tools to cope in difficult times. It works around your schedule at your convenience. Send and receive unlimited message with send and receive unlimited messages with your dedicated therapist in the app. Schedule live video sessions with your licensed therapist from anywhere. Whether you're experiencing depression, anxiety, or other problems, Talkspace is the number one online therapy platform to help you sort through any issue. We've got thousands of licensed therapists available for you to match with. And they're experts in dozens of specialties, including anxiety, depression, relationships, and more to help you start feeling better. Start feeling better with a single message. Match with a licensed therapist when you go to Talkspace.com and get $100 off your first month with the promo code BOMB. That's $100 off when you use the code BOM at Talkspace.com. 
I want to talk about the Kyrie thing. Um, even though we generally don't, we try not to talk about sports on here, but I think this thing has crossed over into mm -hmm. the greater culture because it's related to this global pandemic. And this guy, you know, for those of you who don't know, Kyrie Irving is, uh, let's say, a mercurial point guard of the Brooklyn Nets in the National Basketball Association. Um, the the league has put in basically a vaccine mandate for all intents and purposes. Uh, and states like New York and California have made it so that like you can't go to like crowded venues and all of that shit without proof of a vaccination. Um, Kyrie Irving has decided to take a stance that he's not going to do a vaccine. He's not going to be vaccinated um, just basically because... He doesn't want to. Um, he doesn't believe in it. He thinks it's mass control. He, all kinds of stupid shit. He has no, his arguments have no fucking merits. There's no reason in engaging with Kyrie's vax arguments. Um, but I do think it speaks to something greater that's happening in the culture when it does come to shit like, um, you know, mask mandates and vaccine ma vax mandates and Americans' concept of what oppression is and uncle um big brother and all of this shit and i'm just like god damn snowden was like 10 years ago damn near like it's over the game is and here's, and here's why people need to stop flattering themselves about this match control shit y'all don't need to be controlled y'all don't yeah. care y'all fucking docile as shit y'all don't give a fuck y'all don't stand yeah. for nothing and they all know it they all know we're fat, fat, and happy. They don't need to do this shit. I'm telling you, <laughs> when the Patriot Act comes out, when Snowden is like, yo, they're collecting all of our shit and using it however the fuck they want. And they can give it to whoever they want, whenever they want. They can use it. Like, let's just say you wanted to take down the government as some rogue agent. They, they know your whole search history. They know everything you've ever done, every drug you've ever taken. Yeah. They will discredit you in a fucking millisecond. The people shut the fuck up and didn't care and kept eating corn dogs. So this idea that people flatter themselves, that the government needs to control us. They need to keep us, you know, they need to keep us under control. You motherfuckers don't need to be controlled. You're doing yeah. just fine doing their bidding. Shut the fuck up. Anyway, it's yeah. just the Kyrie thing just speaks to a collective like just i don't know so navel gazy and like this idea that the world revolves around us and, and like it's just it's just absurd honestly it, it, in a way it's a flip side to the previous segment about Chappelle. in that what i what i the exact same analysis that i had about the Chappelle thing is can be applied to the Kyrie thing we live in a we live in an era in which democratic politics has been basically stamped out around the major questions um and therefore, whenever people feel like they can exert a certain amount of power over something, re regardless of how small it is in the grand scheme of things, whether it's canceling a comedian or whether it's refusing to wear a mask or uh, take the vaccine, they kind of take it um, and they kind of take some pleasure in it because they know deep down in their bones that they don't have any other power in, in any other scenario. And you're right that Americans are kind of 
a very pliant uh, people. Um, you know, some fucking idiot uh, says that they're going to bomb uh, an airplane uh, with, uh, you know, by putting a bomb in his shoe or something. And therefore, for the next 20 years, we got to take off our shoes at the airport. <laughs> and some TSA agent is going to, like, you know, hand us, you know, pat us down, even though we know that doesn't do shit to stop anything. You know, it's been proven time and time again that it's just doesn't do shit to stop a fucking single terrorist attack, you know? Uh, yet we fucking do it quietly and we shut the fuck up about it uh, because we're pliant um, people. Uh, I think you're right. I mean, the Kyrie thing, I was re reading about it was very funny because, like, I mean, it's just, like, just the grandstanding is so ridiculous. He, did, he like, said he, they, they, one of his people told Shams Charani of The Athletic that he's doing it in, in worker solidarity. He's doing yeah. it. He's doing it in solidarity with the workers because you know, um, the the you know losing your jobs for not being vaxxed is fucked up, Nando. Yeah. So Kyrie is actually a Leninist. Um, he's actually Marxist. He's, you know, I've been calling yeah. him Che Guevara with a crossover. Uh, he is, you know, he's he's in the mountains of Bolivia with the rebels, bro. Like I'm telling you, yeah. man, this guy's gonna die with the shit. Yeah, I mean, again, I think it speaks to a certain weirdly, uh, uniquely American conception of rights and um, that where it's like Americans only kind of can conceive of what are called negative rights, which is meaning your rights to not have something, you know, someone else do something to you or whatever, like, you know, or like the rights to like that I don't have to do X or Y, Z thing. Yeah, That's what um, uh, yeah. Um, but, you know. Uh, Europeans, for example, have a, a more a, a more expansive view of rights in which, for example, uh, they believe that everyone, you know, at least in their countries, um, have the right to, you know, a free and public education or, a, you know, yeah. housing or housing. free, free health care. Right. These are rights that they that they yeah. see. Americans don't see those things as rights. Um, <laughs> they see things like, uh, you can't tell me to say the thing or you right. can't tell me to take right. the fucking vaccine, right. um, which is just, again, and I've seen some kind of like left people uh, talking about the vaccine and skeptic, uh, skeptic about the vaccine because it's, oh, it's a big pharma thing or whatever. Um the left critique of big pharma. This is Jordan Peterson was also kind of saying this. Like, where's the left on, uh, you know, talking about uh, their skepticism with big pharma when it comes to the vaccine, huh? And it's like, dude, our skepticism of pharma isn't that their fucking medicines don't work. That's the, it, the, that, the, the critique. The critique of pharma is that they fucking hoard the medicines and then they charge the fucking they they yeah, gouge our eyes out. For, price gouging for us. That that's, we need. Yeah, that's the critique. But like, I don't know. Lipitor <laughs> works. You know, <laughs> like in fucking yeah. <laughs> I'm just yeah. like, no, these people are like pretending that they've never taken painkillers or like, I'm like, all this shit works. I don't know what the fuck you're talking about as far as um, big pharma skepticism. And also it's free. <laughs> We're getting it for free. We're not paying for it. <laughs> the government already made them fat. Like it's yeah. free. If you want to make the, if you want to have a conversation about the government giving them money, okay, sure. Let's privatize medicine. I'm with that. <laughs> let's have that conversation. Let's buy the whole pharmaceutical industry as a country and fuck them off. Bye. Let's nationalize. Let's nationalize, let's nationalize it. How about yeah. that? I, I don't have a yeah. fucking problem with that. Yeah. Um, but yeah. like, what are we even talking about here? It's, I don't know. I feel like I'm in the twilight zone with some of this. And also, you know, I would always watch movies about the zombie apocalypse. 
and we're there. This is it. Like when you're literally talking to people, like, is this a person there? Like what? You don't want to get the Moderna? This yeah. is the zombie apocalypse. You're a zombie. You're an idiot. You're essentially a walking fucking idiot. You're no longer a sentient human being, right? Um, wow, you think how, how's the how's the Kyrie loss gonna affect the Nets? Uh, they're uh, still gonna be very team. good. They're still gonna be extremely <laughs> fucking good. We yeah. don't do that kind of talk on this show. Yeah, they're uh, still gonna be extremely good. But anyway, it's just the vaccine stuff is just it's hilarious. It's so I, funny. Have some, yeah. I have some anti-vax people in my life and. The amount of stress they have, man. Anytime a mandate comes down, or they're just like, "Oh fuck, so much for landing the free home of the brave." Somebody said like, that, dude. That's been dude, gone for a long time, and it has nothing to do about? with the fucking vaccine. Yeah, um, vaccines. I mean, it's been like said a million times. It's not like particularly New insightful point, but like we have vaccine mandates for a million other things. Um, <laughs> You know, like right, like I remember going to school, and like you couldn't go to school if you didn't yeah. fucking have like a bunch of vaccines for polio, all that like, shit, fucking, measles, yeah. mumps, or yeah. whatever. Like all of that shit. I remember taking my vax card to school so they could photoshop yeah. it. I mean, photocopy it. Like this is yeah. shit is not new. I, I don't know. We don't do a lot of vax talk on here, but the news has been so fucking hilarious around it. Where yeah, a dude in the NBA is literally like insinuated that he's willing to get forego about like another 150 dot 50 million dollars in potential career earnings going forward to not get the jab is just the funniest dumbest stupidest thing i've ever seen the world is opening back up delta variant notwithstanding it's opening back up guys and there are so many new thrills on the horizon whether you've been in a relationship for years or you're just getting started or just excited to get back out there and meet new people. When the moment comes, trust me, you'll want to be ready. Roman ready. GetRoman.com slash B-O-M. Go there. Talk to U.S. licensed healthcare professionals now. Because with Roman, you can get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for erectile dysfunction. All from the comfort and privacy of your home. Roman ready. What does it mean, you ask? Roman ready means confidence. The confidence that you know you can rise to the occasion in the moment. Emphasis on rise. We're looking at the Summer of Love 2021 version, and Roman wants to make sure you can participate in your way, whether that be as a single person or a couple who still would rather stay indoors with each other. A U.S. licensed healthcare professional will work with you to find the best treatment plan. If medication is appropriate, it ships to you for free with two-day shipping. The whole process is straightforward. It's convenient. It's discreet. Getting started is simple. Just go to GetRoman.com slash B-O-M and complete an online visit. Take care of your ED without leaving your home. Complete an online visit today to connect with a U.S. licensed healthcare professional and take care of it. Go to GetRoman.com slash B-O-M today. And if you're prescribed, get 50% off your first month of ED treatment. Make sure you're ready to have Confidence and control this summer. Roman ready. <laughs> um, and then I do want to talk about John Gruden, who has stepped down as coach from of the uh, Los Angeles Raiders, which will never not be weird for me to say. I mean, not Los Angeles. I say Los Angeles. Las, the Vegas, Las Vegas. Las Vegas. Las Vegas. See, the Las Vegas uh, Raiders uh, emails. So 
okay, to rewind, the Washington Red, the Washington football team, excuse football me, team, yeah. Um, they are uh being sued for like a hostile workplace environment or some shit like that. Um, and email records of basically the entire management structure and organization has been collected. Something like six hundred thousand emails or something ridiculous like that. And within the work emails correspondence, their former uh, GM and vice president used to correspond a lot with. John Gruden back when he was in his capacity as a Monday night football host and just ESPN sort of talking head personality type. And those emails, excuse me, those emails were revealed to the Wall Street Journal to have, you know, um, he said some pretty racist shit about D. Morris Smith, who's the president of the Players Union. He said he has, oh, big lips, uh, which is just like... <laughs> One of the classic yeah. ways to denigrate the physical appearance yeah. of black people, basically say yeah. that we're ugly and say that we have big lips. Although I happen to live in California and every single fucking white bitch out here has lip injections. So jokes <laughs> on you, John Gruden. <laughs> I didn't know where you're going with that one. <laughs> yeah. Jokes on you, John Gruden. Yeah. Um, and, you know, he said that about DeMore Smith. He called... Uh, Roger Goodell, the uh, the 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 fucking commissioner of the NFL, the F word, which the slur for gay people, um, because he wasn't cracking down on guys. He said another guy should have been banned from the league. Of uh, Eric Reeves should have been banned from the league for protesting. He um he called people a bunch of pussies. Um, and also. <laughs> He texted nudes of two Redskins cheerleaders, which I guess was was like the implication being like he was fucking them and they sent them the nudes and he sent it to the GM, which I think is probably so the weird. most fucked up thing in all of this. That's the worst than, one. That's the yeah. that is a, that is like that is pro, that is a fireable offense. Yeah, like bro, like bro, like these shorties gave you yeah. nudes and you're giving them to their boss. Like that's yeah, yeah, kind of crazy. You know what I'm saying? So, um, but yeah, and then the guy gets fired and, you know, whatever. John Gruden, look, he's not a coal miner, right? Like, I don't think you should fire a coal miner for this. No shot. Um, but for somebody in an institution like the NFL, where he's very much so a front-facing representative of the institution, and not just that, like, it comes out that you're racist and you're um, a homophobe and all of that. Like, you probably can't effectively do your job as a football coach anymore after this comes out. So I don't think the emails in and of themselves weren't a, weren't a firing, in my opinion. I think the way that that job functions makes it so that like it's untenable that they could keep you yeah. around you know no, so i, I understand absolutely. that but like i'm sorry bro if this dude was a construction worker no i don't think you should get fired for calling somebody the n-word in an email with your buddies um yeah. the fact that you did it on your buddy's work email that's ridiculous that and the, the sending of the news of the cheerleaders ridiculous. to the that's yeah what, that's that's but, too, that's absurd. But I, my general stance on on these kind of things is that I would always encourage people to you know take a deep breath and and think about whether their own private correspondence would withstand public scrutiny. John mine Gruden got not. fired because they because they yeah yours would not neither would mine. Uh, I'm sure everyone in the audience wouldn't either. Um, John Gruden got fired because they were leaked. Obviously, you have to be smart. 
and you know anything put into you know work emails like you can't do um and of course like you're right that like once this comes out like his job becomes untenable and that's understanding my favorite analysis came from oj simpson did you see the juices take mm -hmm. on the gruden thing yeah he's like well i personally think that uh john gruden i mean I, you know he took a, a a very good tony dungy team and took him to the super bowl and then the ever since then, he's been a 500 man. coach yeah <laughs> <laughs> like OJ's take was maybe John Gruden was never that good anyway. Uh, maybe it wasn't that good. A fair take, honestly. Yeah. Uh, I, I whenever I think of John Gruden, I just think of Mike Ryan's impression of him. You know, like I tell you what, man, that quarterback <laughs> got a set of pair of balls on him like I've never yeah. seen before. <laughs> oh, yeah. oh. Boy. no, yeah. I mean, my general position is always that, yeah, that like you know. Think about whether your private correspondence would ever sustain to public scrutiny. Um, obviously, the, the case of John Gruden, like, I don't give a shit about John Gruden. He's a fucking shithead and uh, and he's a very rich coach and 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 it does affect his position, um, you know, his ability to do his job. And it's, you know, it makes perfect sense for him to be out. Um, also, like, you know, how many NFL coaches are do you think are secretly like man? you know Gruden you know me and Gruden like are the, no different and uh yeah. if any of my emails ever came out like I'd be yeah. fucked and you and know? people and and you know and I hate I hate these type of negroes um fancy educated negroes like well he was doing that on a work email you deserve to be fired they they love to pretend they're the most fucking professional that's a bourgeois, people. That's a bourgeois nonsense oh I'm the most professional person ever when you're unprofessional you deserve to get fired like why are you always advocating for people to get fired, fam? Um, so yeah, I think Gruden obviously he had to lose his job just for by the nature of that job. However, like I said, bro, like I don't think this should have gotten anybody fired. Like a normal person, I, I'm sorry, I just don't see why this. For, I I don't know. I I've never felt. I get that there are trillions of black people out there who do feel a complex about. Oh, they say we're dumb, we're lazy, we're not good looking, we're rudderless. I don't know. I've never personally internalized those things. So I see something like this and just think it's dumb. It's just like not. I tell you what, you black people have a pair of lips on you. You know, I've never seen it. <laughs> Big old soup coolers. Uh, yeah, yeah I, I don't know. I thought the Gruden thing, I, I'm, I'm just interested. Wait, so he was begging the Washington football team cheerleaders? Gruden was? I don't I think that was the implication that he had banged the one or two of them or maybe he was in you know convo with them had bagged them and they sent them nudes and he shared it with the fucking president that's so fucking on his crazy. work email that's crazy <laughs> he didn't text yeah. it to his phone on yeah. his work email and I was listening to Bo on um Levitar today and he was he made the point like People don't remember the early internet, but they used to be these email chains yeah, where like people the, all yeah. kinds of conspiracies, chain letters, chain yeah, letters yeah. and all that crazy but it's shit. it's five friends and yeah. Right. And, and Gruden is of that era, you know? So he probably comes from that culture of emailing people all kinds of crazy shit. And so, you know, I never knew John Gruden was a crazy Uncle Liberty, but like, here we are, man. Stand ah, for the anthem. Uh, he he uh, fucking thinks concussion protocol is for pussies and sissies and 
Did you he know, did he ever play in the NFL? Did Dunkerton ever play in the NFL? I don't think so. He played college football. He was a quarterback in college, I believe. Um, but he never played in the I don't think he played. I in love the league. idea of a guy that never played in the NFL being like, you know, these like the NFL to me, like I, I used to be a huge NFL fan and I've kind of faded on it, not for any particular reason, just because I don't know, I got older and busy and I don't know. Uh, I've substituted other things in my life. But um, I used to be like a huge NFL fan. And like I look at the NFL now and the size and speed of these players it's crazy. is just fucking bananas. You know, like I remember, uh, I don't know, like you're seeing guys now who are like 280, but like move like they're fucking, you know. Um, and uh, I can't imagine be playing one play in the NFL without like <laughs> dying. You know, like and to see fucking little, little fucking John Gruden, who uh, looks like a small guy. I don't know if he's actually that small, but like, being like, oh, these concussion protocols are for pussies. Yeah. Like, dude, one play and you would fucking die. You would die instantly. You would die an instant death, bro. You wouldn't even see it coming. But yeah, yeah. you know, these workplace issues continue to be made public and. It continues to be a matter of fascination, you know, um, people, public figures, private correspondents coming out. And I don't know, I, I, I like, I guess, you know, I'm supposed to care that John Gruden might be a bigot. I, I just don't. Um, and whatever, people can call me whatever it is. I just don't think it's important. It's football, guys. Like, like yeah. that racket attracts a certain type of person. Like, it's it's a pretty dirty fucking business um and we're all pretty dirty from enjoying it so that's why the moral yeah. high ground shit that we go to sometimes is kind of just absurd to me in a sport where the point of the game is to bash your skull into the other guys um it's like okay yeah. sure um anyway that's our show for today uh make sure you become a patreon at patreon.com backslash count the dings uh of course check out all the other count the dings offerings um, we'll see you guys next week. We're out of here. Peace out. Later.